Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We're stowing away the time. I'm Pete. <laughs> I'm Bob. How we doing today, Pete? Doing good. Um, feeling good. You know, I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to listen to Steely Dan. I, I'm just going to jump in. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard to listen to Steely Dan and not just like feel good. Yo, that's, Steely, how I, that's how I feel. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people don't feel the same. Uh, yeah, I, I, there is probably someone out there <clears throat> who Steely Dan is uh, is torture music, and that's okay. hundred um, percent. But uh, but yeah, to me, Steely Dan is best enjoyed on a um, good to very good to great day. If you're in a good mood, Steely Dan can scratch an itch for sure. If you're in, if you're in a pisser mood. Ah, uh, you might not be in the mood for some Steely Dan. <laughs> um, before we get into the the album of the day, um, how's everything going? You good? Feeling good? Been busy? You you do not have a cough? We discussed. Yeah, this been is big good. News. I was sick for like a month somehow, which like not like not major sick. Like it didn't stop me from doing anything, but just like this annoying dry cough that wouldn't go away. Um, yep. Which again, I mentioned last week, it was not COVID at any point, but. Um, I, uh, which I know because dry cough is obviously part of the, the COVID COVID-y. thing, COVIDing, but very COVIDy, but, um, yeah, it was just more obnoxious. It's like, you know, you talk to people and they're kind of shying away from you cause you're have this annoying cough and you feel like you're being annoying just by being in the room. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's like, I woke up, I went for a run and feeling good, feeling good. That's what I like to hear. All right. Well, so if you're feeling good, I'm feeling good. We're all feeling good, um, but but before I get into this, Pete, can can you buy a thrill or can't buy a thrill? I do not think that you can buy a thrill. I think you literally can. <laughs> like I literally think you can. Like I think you can buy a thrill. Like pretty much both. Like on a very like sometimes it's a thrill to buy like lottery tickets. Yeah. Someone might say that it's a thrill to um go to Amsterdam. Well, it depends on your definition of thrill, I guess. I think there's I think that you can buy a thrill in 18 somebody might say they want to buy a thrill at the dispensary. Um I think uh, horse ra- racing like you're hearing me talk like I'm I'm like the most blasé <laughs> vice person here, but uh yeah, like I I think you can buy a thrill. Steely Dan can't buy a thrill. That's the record we're doing today. Um, so, so just to start off, I disagree with their premise, but um, <laughs> maybe it's part of the theme. I want to ask you, Pete, before we get into this, even our big picture, everything. How do we choose this record? <laughs> I think that you had suggested it at one point for some reason, and it I, just because like, I like Steely Dan. <laughs> okay, well, and then it like fell on the back burner. Okay. Um, And then I was kind of revisiting because, you know, a lot of the time we put out uh, things on social to try to figure out what new records to do. Yes. Um, Which, by the way, follow us, TraxPod, Twitter and Instagram. Email us, TraxPod at gmail.com. Boom. But um, you and I go back and forth with different lists here and there. So I I think I just dug up one of the older lists. And, and this found this there. record, and I thought it would be a funny one to do. So that was it. I mean, and quite frankly, it's one of the records that 
and one of the bands that I have no idea how you, the audience, is going to react to it, but I really enjoyed how everyone reacted to the Boston episode, so I'm happy to be here doing this. Yeah, with it, um, this is apparently uh, subconsciously, I want to explore the rock of the 70s of all ilk, so uh, thank you for joining us. Um, I invite you to the party of my mind. Um, (laughs) All right, so Steely Dan, uh, who's this band, where are they from, how they get started? Um, Yo, I, I don't even really... Where is Steely Dan from? So uh, they met at Bard College. Oh, of course. Yeah. Ah, which, of which course. That was, that was funny to me. I didn't know that. I forgot that. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay, everything lines up now. These are Bard types. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, I, I found out Donald Fagan is from New Jersey. He was born here. Oh, which he comes from the, New Jersey. Gives them extra cred. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Stay Walter Becker is from Queens. Okay, now what about who's the other dude? I was curious about. Yeah, Walter Becker. Okay, uh, what about David Palmer? Hmm. Did you know David Palmer was also the lyricist of the Carol King hit "Jazz Man"? No, I did not. Yeah, there you go. Um, where is he from? Let me see. David Palmer is from Watchung. Oh, we got a lot of Jersey heads here. Okay, so Steely Dan. Um. Yeah, they're a '70s band. Um, you are either familiar with them or you're born after the year 1998. Um, <laughs> and, and even if you were born in 1990, you might not be familiar. But we could play at least two songs of this record, and you go, "Oh yeah, this band." Okay, yeah, right, you'll know sure. some tracks. Um, I have to say, the records I really like by Steely Dan are. Asia, Aja, and Gaucho. Okay. Um, I went to school with a girl named Aja, named after this record. Wow. Um, yeah, she was awesome. Very cool. Cool parents. Super cool parents. <laughs> Especially because she was roughly my age, which means she was born probably, let's see. Um, like a few years after it was. It yeah, like, like three, <laughs> three to four years after it came out. Oh, that's so good. So sick. I love it. Like... <laughs> Like what's a like like this is gonna be like oh this is my daughter control <laughs> you know <laughs> um um yeah what's the name of that Lil Nas X horses in the back song uh this is my daughter horses in the back um okay uh, <laughs> um this is this is my first question and we can get into it Steely Dan's been from the seventies. Uh, they were popular. They're almost synonymous with 70s rock, in my opinion. They're one of those bands. They're not the, but they're one of them. They're in a probably, ooh, I'd say, a group of like, if I was going to name 25 rock bands from the 70s, Steely Dance in there for sure. Would you okay. agree? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Okay, sure. Um, is this a rock record, Pete? I don't know what Steely Dan are. I, I, mean, I mean, that's like, like part of part of my whole thing. Like deep diving this was interesting because I feel like I've always had it on as kind of background music for sure. So like really, really like sitting with it and thinking about it was a really interesting exercise. I I don't know what they're doing. What whatever they're doing is working for me. But yeah, it's it's probably not rock. It's definitely part rock. So it's called. So I see a lot of use of the word jazz rock. 
which I'm like, I'm totally comfortable with that. I get it. Um, I can hear it more later on. Um, I just think they get more cohesive later uh, uh-huh. and just more concise. This is their first record, 1972, I believe. And um, I just, so they're doing, they're, they're clearly experimenting with stuff. They're going for a lot of different things. But I have to start by saying, when I think of 70s rock, sometimes I think of like big riffs, kind of like some machismo. There's introspection and there's sensitivity and there's this, but like there's not, this is way on the soft side of classic rock and like almost what I would call easy rock, like easy listening. Like Steely Dan is the band who can be played on the classic rock radio station, but also (laughs) the, the easy listening. Like you can, they, they cross those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And on this record, there's some tracks that I was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? I, 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 it was not rocking. And like, so, so we should go through this, but uh, how familiar are you with Billy Joel? Not super familiar with Billy Joel. I, I've, uh, I've listened to like the stranger. Okay. But right. I've There's... never, I've never gone deep and I've never really loved anything that I've heard. Okay. There's several tracks on this record where I'm like, oh, this is like, this is closer to Billy Joel than it is, uh, I mean, even Bad Company or something, you know, like, like we'll get into it on the track by track, but it's fun, clever, but because there's organ, there's piano, there's different instrumentation, and it's certainly just like, it almost has no rock to it. It reminds me of material that would be on like glass houses or something era, Billy Joel, where it's like he gets pretty aggressive, but you're also seeing he's just, he's still, it's still pop. Like, yeah, they kind of just swing through everything. It's not like, it's not, there's no rock. It's just, they're just kind of swinging down the street doing their thing. Yeah. So, so what I want to say is we're probably not going to spend like our, we're, uh, let me see how long this record is. We're probably not going to spend the length of the record on this record today like we do for many <laughs> records. True. Um, uh, this record's 40 minutes and 58 seconds. Ooh, maybe we'll try to hit it exactly. Oh, let's, let's hit the post. Um, but it's, it's an interesting listen. And it's a record that I think, if you're listening to this podcast right now, at least has one song you know. You probably know two songs. And there's a good chance you know three songs. And then there's a good chance you don't know any of the other songs, unless you're a fan of the band and a fan of this record. So um, we should talk about this. It's interesting. It's a record that came out in 1972. But if you put it on for someone, outside of a few parts, I think it could have come out in 1982 just as easily. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? There's a couple nods. So in one way, it's sort of... Ahead of its time, sounds a little bit progressed, um, but it's not all the way there. Like, there's elements of this record that I'm like, oh, they're doing unique things here that I bet inspired some of the more like prog stuff that was going on late seventies, and like as as things were mixing and gelling, and some of the synthier stuff was coming in, and just just experimentation. And even in Steely Dan's career, I think they 
tighten everything up and figure out some of the tricks they like to do, but it's pretty loose here. Loose, but still like, I mean, a tight band. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like super, I, I should say like, conceptually yeah. loose. Sure. Yeah. Execution is tight as a steel drum. Like yeah, this thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. They are. They, yeah. That's what I should say. Conceptually, the song structures are tight, but they're trying different things and trying to, I think I, I use the term snap things together <laughs> because it doesn't feel glued or like hooked together, but it's snapped together because they're very tight. But it's like when you try to sna- smash together two Legos, like you have a, a what's the <clears throat> what's the off brand Lego? Oh, geez. I a don't mega even blocks. Know. Here you go. Mega block. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being a parent. Um, Mega Block and a Lego together, they don't fit. But like, you might be convinced that you can take these two perfectly formed pieces of plastic, and if you mush them hard enough, maybe you can get it to snap together. But it never fits perfectly right. So I think they nail it on a few tracks. I think they miss it on a few tracks. But uh, the competency and how they do it is all really, really high. Yeah, they were going for it, and like the they're super advanced musicians, and everyone they're playing with is super advanced. Like, it's super tight, particularly for a debut album. It's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable. So, I mean, I, I think it's a relevant thing to to look at this record, and to be really honest, I want to do Asia at some point later on down the line. Um, I'd love to because I, I really like that record. So, uh, I. Did you- Sorry. Go ahead. Did you, did you ever watch the um, the uh, documentary on the making of Asia? I have not. You have to watch it. We're gonna we're gonna watch that, and then we're gonna do an episode on that plus the okay. record. Let's. Oh, perfect. I love it. Love the concept. Um, but so <clears throat> so in my head, I'm like, <clears throat> I like to look at records like this because it's early for a band who became iconic. It is one of their prime records, I would say for sure. Um, but it's also like interesting to think about it in its placement because this is coming out, you know, just a few years after some of the like think about the records that come out in the late sixties. Mm-hmm. So let's say think about records sixty seven, sixty eight, sixty nine. This record sounds one million miles away from those records. Sure. So I'm relatively fascinated by the quick shifting um, climate of popular music between 1967 and 1972. Um, It's really fast. Things move really quick. And if you extend it even like two years further, like 67 to 74, Yo, whole, it's unrecognizable. And you yeah. see this through time, but this period's interesting to me because it just moves quick. And a lot of times, there's there's people who were huge fans of the late 60s stuff who are totally turned off by the 70s stuff. And the people who are into the 70s stuff seem a lot more passive about their their appreciation for it. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, but, uh, but you just don't get as many defenders. And I'm always curious to kind of investigate this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always thought the 70s in particular was a really fascinating time for music. Like, if you look at music from 1970 and then look at music from 1980, it's like worlds apart. I guess you could say that for most decades. But like, you know, 
you have Sabbath doing their thing pretty early while Steely Dan are getting started. You know, Correct. it's like like oh, polar yeah. opposite things yes. happening, but that that impacted music in really profound ways. So yeah, and then like you know, there's prog rock, there's disco, there's punk at the, like in the later half of the seventies. It's, it's really a wild time. I don't know. No, I mean, I think it's one of those really interesting things to see through time. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like, like 1967, Sergeant Peppers comes out, you know, I need to go Beatles on this thing, but it's like, Oh, that comes out. Abbey roads in 69. Let it be in 70. If you listen to let it be, which certainly sounds a lot different than the early, Beatles material, which is merely, you know, five to seven years earlier. But if you listen to Let It Be two years prior to fucking Can't Buy a Thrill, <laughs> you just feel like, wait, 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 where where did we go? Where, where did this move? And, and you start to see that things have kind of gelatinized and there's some forms and, and like, yo, don't don't come anyone come at us and be like, how are you comparing the Beatles and Steely Dan? I'm not. I'm just saying, look at the links in which music traveled because I can cite a ton of other records from that late sixties period and say, here's the top 50 records of 1968. Now compare them to the top 50 records of 1972. There's a very marked difference. So it's, it's kind of, it's always fun. Um, yeah, real quick. Yes. Early Beatles. Are you a fan? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. Um, my complex answer is yes, it's quaint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's, you have to find the beauty in the simplicity of it. Yeah. And, um, and it's easy to dismiss. And am I some jackass who's like, well, I like when they get weirder later and they're trying more things and are heavier. Yeah. But like, um, Oh God, what's the record? Um, help. No, not help. Uh, Rubber Soul. When's yeah. that? Yeah, the, that's that's like where they started shifting a little bit. That yes, right, right, right. But like right there is like okay, there's a shifting point. But like helps a great record, man. It's snappy. It's oh, it's great. It's I so love much it. more influential than people give it credit for. Anyways, we'll do an episode. Maybe we'll do a, a box set level episode on the Ooh, Beatles at some point. I'm down. All right. All right. But let's for go. Now, we got we got go four, Steely Dan. We got forty minutes and. Uh, well, we got we got um, yeah we got like twenty two minutes left. Let's make <laughs> this let's make this the best twenty two minutes on Steely Dan you've ever heard. Track by track, Pete, kick us off. Do it again. This is a Steely Dan song. This is one of the Steely Dan songs on this record that you may have heard. Um, yes. Definitely a hit. Um, 
super tight Latin jazz beat kicks it off. Um, so so fun, honestly. Like really fun percussion on that. Yeah. Um, somebody, I I forget what the quote was. I was reading a lot about this, and this someone uh, explained this song as toned down mambo with it's a toned down mambo song with tragic lyrics about a compulsive loser <laughs> i'm like well yeah you got it bard um, college class of 71 um yeah i think the guitar i think the solos are great i think it goes on a little bit too long um and it takes up like some of the solos take up a little bit too much space in it too like it's really mm-hmm. noodly at a certain point but oh yeah i get why it's a hit uh yes i love how the solo has kind of a super tinny guitar sound um it's it almost feel like it's maximum compression on it it's like so tight yeah um i like the album version for people who are unfamiliar is about a minute and a half longer because there's this weird organ solo that's happening at the beginning and end of the song that's not on the single version enjoy it like uh, at the very end, there's this tight rolling drum part. I really enjoy. It's a good song. There's a yeah, reason it works. Um, yeah, I'm in. It's a keeper for sure. And again, if you're over the age of 30, you've heard this song. 100%. And you've also heard the next song, Dirty Work. Yes. But, 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 I think this is the lesser of the three big songs on this record. Did you know this was not even a single off the record? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Crazy, I just right? assumed it was. Right, because... It's, it's top three Spotify songs, I think. I, I would not be surprised. It's a fantastic song, and it's actually, I believe, gained traction in the you know, in the posthumous era of it. You know, It's just kind of become sure. a huge... Yeah, I mean, the top three songs are all songs off this record, so... <laughs> yeah i mean dirty um, work is like classic mellow gold vibe at this point 100 um, it was funny like just quick side note um my wife every time i put on steely dan i usually put on aja yes and she does not love that record oh interesting and as a result i think she like would just be like oh fucking steely dan like turn this off you know so so she always kind of like had the vibe that she hated Sealy dan and sure. some sometimes i should subject her to some of the records that we listen to for the podcast just because you know i gotta Probably. listen to them i'm driving around whatever mm-hmm. i put this record on and she's like oh this song is great i love this song i love this song and i was like i thought you hated Sealy dan she's like yeah i mean i do but like these songs are awesome <laughs> that's so interesting because i could see that i could see loving some of the songs on this record and not giving a shit about later stuff too, which is weird because for me it's the reverse, but I can see it. Yeah. Different, different work. Um, what can be said about dirty work? Uh, let me just say this. Do you know what the song is about? Um, it is about, Oh, it's about having an affair. Yes. But it's a song about, uh, it's a a song about an affair between a single man and a married woman from the single man's point of view. What? Yeah. Uh, I said, this is the ultimate leisure suit rock song. (laughs) Um, It's, it's definitely jazzy. Um, This is David Palmer sings on this song. He sings on a few songs, but this is by far his best work. Uh, Apparently, Donald Fagan did not want to sing on the song, did not do backing vocals, and did not want the song on the record. Oh wow! But, but the A and R company or the A and R company, the uh, record company said, "No, we need it." So, huh? 
So I imagine Donald Fagan is not playing this live nowadays. I don't know. I bet he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they get someone to do this song. Yeah. Um, I actually but, like Palmer's vocals. I know that this was the only record I think that he sang on, but yeah. I, I think he's a good singer. I think he's a really good singer. I think this is this is my second favorite song on the record. I, I think it's a great song. It just kind of it lulls you in that chorus. To me, in a lot of ways, vocally and just overall, this record is a lot about the choruses. And if you get pulled in, the songs become pretty memorable. And if you don't, the songs are toss. You know. Yeah. Um, so no, this one is great. It's like. <sighs> yeah, Mellow Gold is perfect. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Uh, next song, Kings. All right. This, um, is, this is where we get kind of soft rocking. Yeah, it's it's soft rock, but it's also like there are some weird time signature changes that are mm-hmm. like that do set them apart from the bunch, I think. That's true. Um, I think the guitar lead on this is awesome. And like, I love how it goes from the verse to the chorus, like the 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 it kind of drives into the chorus in this way that I think is really effective. Yep. Um, I, there's but, a sway to this song. Yeah. What loses me is, as I was saying about dirty work, the chorus here, I'm, it just doesn't pull me in. Sure. Um, they're yeah, trying it, something on it though, you know, like, and it's, it's kind of interesting because mm-hmm. I think they're trying to do a lot, but still, you know, they're not afraid to dive deep into the four minutes on certain songs but they tried not to, and you can feel it on this track. Yep. Yeah. I mean, um, it's like you said, they're, this is the first record. They're kind of throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks. Um, I get your point fully though, that if, if the chorus doesn't hit you or something about the song doesn't hit you, this, this almost sounds like elevator music. Yeah. 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 This is a cut for me, but, but there's even elements to it where if it comes on, I'm not shutting it off. Yeah, I'm into this song. I'm keeping it. All right. Midnight Cruiser. Steely Dan lyrics before. Yes. Um, I actually really like Steely Dan lyrics. It makes you want right, to like good. revisit their whole discography and like go deeper because I feel like I'm missing something now. Um, it's like really relatable lyrics over kind of passing passing your prime, reflecting on the past. You know, um, I think the super catchy, the catch, this chorus is super catchy. Um, I don't know. I dig it. I like this song. Yeah, this song's a keep for me. It's it's touch more rocking. Still not full on, yeah. but they pick up the pace. It's There's never a, really full on. No, no, thing. it's it's it, you're very right. It's like they tease you. Like yeah. we'll get to it, but 
They're um, like, yeah, we've heard rock songs before. Yeah, there's a touch <laughs> in this song, a little bit of like the late 60s pop and jangle. It's almost, it's like hinting at rock, but not fully there. Um, this is good, not great, but I like it and I want to keep it. Cool. Only a fool would say that. This is maybe one of my favorites on the record. Whoa, okay. I'm excited yeah. to hear about this. It's just a super catchy, upbeat tune. Um, the lyrics like kind of took me for a ride because I don't know exactly what they're about. It sounds like they're kind of criticizing like 60s and 70s counterculture. Oh, yeah. I, but, I would not be surprised by that. But like they could also, it could also just not be, you know, I mean, it's everything is vague enough where you can kind of have your own interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the line, I heard it was you talking about a world where all is free. It just couldn't be. And only a fool would say that. There's a, dis- you know? there's a disaffected nature to this song and the lyrics. So everybody, this is the first one I'm going to be like, yo, if you've never read the lyrics of the song, read it. It really screams to anyone who's halfway logical in 2021 it's like oh yeah okay yep so this is this is uh this hits there um you're not wrong this is outside of the lyrics it's just a fun song really dancey beat yeah it's not disco but it's not shying away from that dancey kind of like back and forth um it's fun this is a lighter song I don't know if it's it's not the song I would recommend someone to check out to to know Steely Dan, but it's right there. Like in on this album, I would keep this. Definitely keeping it. Yeah, I like that it's kind of brisk too. It, it's it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, like I feel like I'm going to put this on a summer mixtape. Honestly, interest. Yo, good I would think in that format it might work. This could be a good barbecue song. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is for the. We're gonna have the uh, <laughs> summer twenty twenty two. We're doing the tracks pod barbecue. So uh, everybody, oh, yeah. who, everybody who listens is invited. We'll, oh, we'll that's gonna be awesome! Time. I can't wait. Excited. All right. Uh, the uh, the main course of today's album, reeling in the years. I mean, if, this is the song that if you've heard a Steely Dan song, it's this one, right? Uh, it's not it's not i mean even, it's not even uh, particularly close uh, yeah a hundred billion percent i mean it was yeah. on barack obama's like summer playlist from two summers ago i believe <laughs> and i mean i think it was on every uh suburban dad's playlist <laughs> from 1975 <laughs> to 1994 so correct yeah um yeah uh there are people this was certainly a victim of radio fatigue there's people yeah. who are like i can't hear this song please stop um what's the other i i dated a woman once who was like if i ever hear the fly like an eagle <laughs> do the song she would just get mad and i i was like oh it made me like it more um this song is great it's the most rocking song on the record which says something because <laughs> it's not particularly rocking um i feel like the guitar is talking to you at the beginning of this song um, yeah, and I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that because according to sources online, uh, supposedly Jimmy Page is quoted as saying it's his favorite guitar solo. Full stop. That's amazing. It's fucking crazy because <laughs> it's so insane because that can't be true. But if he said it, like, cool. I hope it's true. It's what I think. It's I referenced Bad Company earlier. 
but my joke about bad company was like yo what if you were a band who like kind of no one loves and like a lot of people don't even really like but there's one band who really likes you and it's led zeppelin because <laughs> led zeppelin I mean, you, did you like did the imprint right? label yeah led zeppelin <clears throat> did the imprint label that released the bad company records oh and they were like instrumental like no no this that. is the next band oh yeah oh that's um, great yeah yeah so so uh, um, maybe bad companies next uh self it's it's um, couple tracks. Anyways, yeah. Okay. We, so we, got, uh, we we can't d- dwell in the seventies forever. Yeah, we're running out of time. Um, um so go. real real quick, I found a quote from Donald Fagan, and I'm just yeah. gonna say this. He said this about the song "Real End in the Years." It's dumb but effective, <laughs> and no, I agree right. with him. Uh, it feels more like a Chicago song than any other song on this record. Like this should be on the Chicago greatest hits, in my opinion. Um. It's super big. It's dramatic. The driving pace, it's snappy. Uh, the backing vocals are super unique. Yeah, it was written for a giant outdoor concert in a park. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fire in the hole. With a cough, I shake it off and walk around my yellow stride. Should I hide or read my pride or wait until it's good and right? My life is boiling over It's happened once before I wish someone would open up the door Don't you know there's fire in the hole And nothing left to burn I'd love to run out now There's no way left to turn This one's a little bit more low key. It's not as upbeat as the rest of the songs, um, but it still has that like steely. Da- I just call it the steely dance swing because they just kind okay. of swing through all these songs. It it doesn't do much for me. This is actually the uh, the cut song for me. I yeah. think it's the only cut song for me. I will say though, Bob, and this is a little tangential. Mm-hmm. Once I started reading the lyrics on this record, <laughs> it yeah, took me down this rabbit in. hole. Okay. And I found I found a website called songmeanings.com. Okay, yes. And it's basically have you heard of this? I am. I have heard okay. of it. Okay. All right. So like so I went down the rabbit hole and it's just people discussing what they think the song means. Mm-hmm. Um and can I read you this really quick excerpt of what this guy said about this song? Please do. He says, This song is about being in a public place and needing to pass gas. Think about it. Quote, with a cough, I shake it off and work around my yellow stripe. Um, should I hide and eat my pride or wait until it's good and ripe? Um, wow. My life is boiling over. It's happened once before. I wish someone would open up that door. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> um, he says, and then he says, do I have to yell yell at you what, what the hole is? Yes. Fire <laughs> in the hole was a Vietnam term, but Fagan and Beckert are not that direct or not that direct that's too much all right yo i think we were going to i might need you to find uh the songmeeting.com songmeetings.com uh lyric of the episode for for future episodes that was too good um <laughs> musically this is this to me is where i'm like yo 
if I want to listen to a better version of this, I'm putting on a Billy Joel record. I'm not going to lie. This song totally loses me. I almost hurts my opinion. I was, I remember being <clears> like, what, what the hell is going on? Because between Kings, Midnight Cruiser and Fire in the Hole, I'm like, yo, what kind of, where are we at guys? I just don't feel like you guys are delivering. Fair. Um, so anyways, uh, Brooklyn owes the charmer under me. I like this song a lot. I think it's okay. layered really well. I mean, all yep. Steely Dan songs are like layered really well, but this one in particular, um, I really, really like the pedal steel. I yes. like the kind of vaguely melancholy feel to it mm-hmm. because usually it's really upbeat. Yes. Um, and again, another one where the lyrics kind of kept me guessing. So yeah, I'm in. Uh, fun guitar stuff at the beginning of the song. I like that a lot. Um, midway through, like that steel, uh, there's the bending notes. It just sounds cool. This song left me asking, like, they're clearly experimenting. They're working with some different stuff. But in certain ways, it almost feels like the most commercial form of experimentation. Mm-hmm. And and it was, like, really interesting because it just doesn't feel too organic. Now, you'll see how I have a change of opinion as we go ahead. But, uh, yeah, this song, I'm not. Uh, I'm not in love with it. But I like the energy and those pieces of it that I like kept me engaged enough that I won't cut it. Cool. It was like the midsection of that song. It's a little too long, but the midsection held me in for the whole thing. Uh, next song, Change of the Guard. Um, this one didn't hit me at first, but upon further listens, it, it started to grab me. Um, it still doesn't grab me the way that other songs do but i liked it more and more it's not like a game steely dan no no but but it's uh it's it's a solid like upbeat catchy song i feel like it's the maybe between this and kings it's the most traditional form steel is song on here just just like traditional like this is what it goes through and it doesn't have it doesn't even have the charm of kings which i think i consider to cut i would i would cut this song pretty pretty easily um i think the vocal melody and everything just feels very cookie cutter especially for this band so i I just found it pretty blase damn Um, cutting three tracks so far hey man i'm 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 I'm, uh, ruthless today um turn last track on the record and maybe this is what they got me with turn that heartbeat over again Go ahead. Uh, 
the lead is particularly awesome. I like yes. the dual vocals. Um, yeah. When I was listening to it with headphones, it kind of pans from one side to the next with the different singers. I like that effect. Yes. Um, and it's catchy. I'm in. Good closer. Okay. I thought I was out, Pete. I thought I was out. They pulled you back in. They pulled me back in. Uh, I think it was, I, I'm like, it was a fun open. It kind of devolves and I'm like searching and I'm like, my my notes. You can. F- I'll just read this. They can't figure out how to make the their experiment their experimentation feel more interesting than snap together. Some of the funky licks, which I really like, are <laughs> lost because the song isn't moving me. The Latin beat is kind of beat here, but then. The midsection, where it's kind of a loopy, borderline psychedelic in a tight synth 70s format. My next line was, okay, fuck it. I'm in on this song. (laughs) It's too weird. And then on re-listens, I'm like, they're pulling in elements from other songs into this song. Yeah. The Latin beat was really subtle, but it's put back in there. And then you start to see where it's starting to congeal. It's not fully coherent, in my opinion, as a single song, but I really liked it and I liked the energy. So I really like that song. Probably probably my fourth favorite song on the record. All right. I really, and and th- I liked it a lot. And in they like, okay, I'll go back to this and try to examine where they were going from here. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah, if anything, this made me want to like do a full Steely Dan deep dive. I'm not going to lie. Oh, fuck yeah. I'd love to hear that. Okay. So um, let's go through this. Uh, length. Is it too long? Does it drag? Uh, it drags a little bit. but Just a over, little bit. Overall, it, it flows really well, I think. For a record of its time, it flows and moves pretty well. Um, it does feel like the flow of the record makes sense. I don't think... It's a perfect album listen, but it works just fine. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel jagged as a, as an album flow listen goes. Yeah, not Um, at all. Quality of the songs and lyrics. We've discussed it a lot. They're, they're definitely doing some fun stuff lyrically and musically, even if it doesn't land 100% of the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the lyrics are actually like, (laughs) am I weird to say that the lyrics are like surprisingly deep and like, kind of poetic sometimes so, so um, yes definitely but also you're not <laughs> wrong so you know <laughs> i mean i want to have a larger discussion like people hate steely dan i like actually I don't i kind of get, get it, it but i don't really get it yeah i, I think there's there's kind of i think it's i think it's radio fatigue i think it's just people who got uh, yeah, burned out on the hits it's too smooth man well that's a big part um timelessness yeah, uh, I, this is pretty 70s. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty locked in. Time and a place. Yeah. Uh, presentation. I think the cover of this record is fucking weird and wild as hell, and I really like it. Yeah, it's it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Um, what are you going to give this out of five stars? God, I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. That's exactly where I was thinking. Uh, 2.5. That's what I'm going to rate it. Do you own this record or will you be adding it to your collection? I found it in the dollar bin and I recommend that if you find it in the dollar bin, you pick it up. 
buy it in the dollar bin. I also own it. I think I got it at a thrift store in nice condition. Beautiful purchase. There we go. I think uh, everyone should follow us, like you said before, at TraxPod. Um, I think I'd like to hear, is anyone who likes Steely Dan or hates Steely Dan? Let us know and let us know if this is your record or if you go back to the later material like I do. What do you think? Um, I want to hear about all of that, particularly the haters, um, but also the lovers. Like, what brought you in? Where do you go? What's your favorite era? Um, yeah. I mean, because for me, really, it's just it's this record in Aja that yeah. I'm familiar with in any way. Oh, so. you you need to you need to check out Gaucho. I have um, them all. I picked them up in dollar bins and I listened to them one or two times. But yeah, I got to go deeper. Man, looking at photos of <laughs> these dudes. Uh, damn. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> they're not. They're not exactly exuding cool rocker. We'll say that. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Are you gathering up the teas? Have you had enough of mine? Are you reeling in the years? Stowing away the time. Are you gathering up the teas? Have you had enough of mine? You've been telling me you're a genius since you were 17. In all the time I've known you, I still don't know what you mean. Like you planned The things that pass for knowledge I can't understand Are you reeling in the years Stowing away the time Are you gathering up the tears Have you had enough of mine Are you reeling in the years